The first reading this morning is from Proverbs 11, beginning at the first verse. The Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favour with him. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. The righteousness of the blameless makes their paths straight, but the wicked are brought down by their own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by evil desires. Hopes placed in mortals die with them. All the promise of their power comes to nothing. The righteous person is rescued from trouble and it falls on the wicked instead. With their mouths, the godless destroy their neighbors, but through knowledge, the righteous escape. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. For lack of guidance, a nation fails but victory is won through many advisers. Whoever put up security for a stranger will surely suffer, but whoever refuses to shake hands in pledge is safe. A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain only wealth. Those who are kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. A wicked person earns deceptive wages, but the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. Truly, the righteous attain life, but whoever pursues evil finds death. The Lord detests those whose hearts are perverse, but he delights in those whose ways are blameless. Be sure of this, the wicked will not go unpunished but those who are righteous will go free. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. The desire of the righteous ends only in good, but the hope of the wicked only in wrath. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. People curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. Whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to one who searches for it. Those who trust in their riches will fail but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. 
Whoever brings ruin on their family will inherit only wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and one who is wise saves lives. If the righteous receive their due on earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is the book of James um, from chapter 1, starting at verse 9. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away, even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all doing well. I'd like to add my welcome to Shane's. Happy New Year. It's awesome. We're starting 2023 pretty good. I'm having a great time. Um, yeah, let's talk to our God before we get stuck in. Father in heaven, Please let us learn today from this passage about what you hope for us to hear. Help me preach your word and speak through me today. Amen. Now, the other day, I had the pleasure from my granddad to learn how to fix a couple things around the house. He shared with me different ways to do things. He showed me and involved me in the process. He showed me how to drill into some brick how to fix a fence that was a bit rickety, and how to attach odd pieces of a bed frame to fix a doghouse. This is a memory I will cherish forever in my heart. Now, I want you to think to a time when someone invested in you. Think, what did they do? Was it the way that they lived their lives? The time they gave you? The meals they shared with you? I want you to reflect on these things. Today, when we're talking about wisdom and how to use our wisdom for God and to live a righteous life, I want us to be thinking, invest your best. But before we jump into the passage today and tackle this big idea, I thought it might be good to talk about what are Proverbs, what they are and what they are not. Proverbs are a collection of literature from people who have written out ways to live for God. These ways can be considered wise, good moral things to do, or warnings, things to avoid. Last week, we heard the start of Proverbs is from the perspective of a father teaching his son how to live wisely in fear of the Lord. Firstly, 
These are not guarantees or promises. That if you do these things in this book, that good things will happen to you or that the things will come to pass. What it does is that it sets you up well. It is true, but it is no guarantee. Exceptions are not talked about. In the chaotic world that we live in, the phrases what if or how about are used commonly. For example, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 3 says, The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. This passage here is an example of that exception at work. In this broken and sinful world, Christians do go hungry and they do starve. It's not a promise or guarantee, but it does provide you with good ways to set yourself up for success. So if done, most likely everything will be good or it sets you up in the best way to live for God. These are exceptions not being talked about. This is a very broad showing of how leading and living a good life can bring glory to God through righteous living and what we talked about with what it starts with, the fear of the Lord. Now we've talked about what Proverbs are, now we can best how we should live and see God in this book and what's in this chapter. But before we get started today, I genuinely struggled with this passage. It was hard to find out where this was pointing me. There were so many different things jumping out, and there's definitely a lot in this chapter. I believe, however, God has shown me something important for you and me to hear today. So within this passage, we have 31 proverbs. So there's 11 different themes of various wisdom on other different topics which have a wide range. A large percentage of them offer two parallels, a warning or an encouragement, or vice versa. Up on the screen you'll see how there are 11 different topics. Don't read them all. There's a lot. It's crazy. Now, there's already too much here that we can talk about today, but today I really want to focus on a couple things. If you think back to what the big idea was, it was investing your best. And you might be thinking what it means to invest or how do I invest. But the first, I think it is best to address what is your best. So verse 5 to 8. The righteous of the blameless makes their path straight, but the wicked are brought down by their own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by their evil desires. Hopes placed in mortals die with them. All the promise of their power comes to nothing. The righteous person is rescued, and it falls on the wicked instead. Verses 5 to 8 talks about all the righteous and the way that they can live to help deliver them or make their journey easier. These proverbs are bound together in these parallels. Verses 5 to 6 shows us that God's justice is appropriate and fits the outcome of the two. It shows that God is a God of fairness. And the punishment for leading a wicked, wicked life is their own fault. Verse 7 and 8 shows the futility of placing our hope in human hands. Ultimately, the wicked will perish and it will prove futile. The verse then tells us that the righteous have a hope 
of eternal life and that we are rescued from this punishment. If you live righteously and blamelessly, you will be on the right path. That's what this is saying. In this section, we see that righteousness is talked about a lot, and so is wickedness. The definition of righteousness is what is right and pleasing to God. When Proverbs begin to talk about this, we should be thinking back to what Langdon talked about last week. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. With reverence of God, we live. These righteous tips and tricks that Proverbs are showing us helps us to live, yes. Will they always work? No. If we think of Solomon, and this week's title is of Solomon, Solomon is who wrote wisdom literature. These passages from 10 to 22 are considered to be Solomon's. This is why this part of the series is called of Solomon. He collated different works of science, wisdom, history, the whole lot. He is the person that is considered to be the wisest and most discerning king of them all. Even though he had all this wisdom and these good things to follow, he still fell. The wisdom of an individual is decided upon whether or not you fear the Lord or not. Solomon felt to follow other pagan gods and lost the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord helps you lead a righteous life. If you feel that you are losing the fear of the Lord, hold on to him tight and dig deep. Now, I know a lot of you here today fear the Lord and have been doing so for a long time. I see this as a young person looking up to you all. And it's an awesome thing. The righteous way of living in fear of the Lord is a good thing to have. You all probably have stories of how God has worked in your life and continues to do so day in and day out. You all have lots of things to share. The way you live, helpful tips on how to read your Bible every day, how to live your life within a marriage or a friendship. These are all things that you have collated over the years. You are all brimming with wisdom. And I think Proverbs 16.31 has something to say about that. And you can flip around and check that. It's a little, yeah. Now when I say invest your best, where am I saying to invest your wisdom? The young people of our church congregation Speaking from the perspective of a young person, I wish I could have the wisdom that a lot of older people have than me. The best thing about learning from older people than you is that you have experienced things that I might be going through or I am about to. And I won't make the same mistake if you can help me understand what it is I'm about to do or you can show me the right way to handle a situation. Now, this won't work every time. Sometimes wisdom will fall on deaf ears or hardened ears and they'll just go do it. We'll walk straight in and you'll be like, I wish you would just listen to me. But investing your best into the young is where I'm aiming this morning. Invest into the lives of those who would let you. Invest into their futures to live for Christ. Share with them your skills, your ambition, 
about Christ and your love for Jesus. Skills in talking about your faith. Skills to pray daily and read your Bible in new ways. You all have these skills. You have so much to share with those who are younger than you. Now verses 17 and 19. Those who are kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. A wicked person earns deceptive wages, but the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. True, the righteous attain life, but whoever pursues evil finds death. Verses 17 and 19, we see that this verse here has a chiastic pattern, which essentially means as you get closer to the middle between two verses, you will get the meaning. For example, this passage here goes, Wicked man, he who sows righteousness, righteousness, and then he who pursues evil. We see that the wages of sin will lead to their own downfall, and that they are fleeting, and the reward is actually fake. This is contrasted with the wages of righteousness, which brings about life and permanent life. Verses 23 to 26. The desire of the righteous ends only in good, but the hope of the wicked only in wrath. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. The people curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. In verses 23 to 27, we see that ultimately that the greedy's wealth is worth nothing when compared to God's own economy. It shows that if you are sharing wealth with others, it will duly come back to you. Ultimately, it's interesting to think that hoarders in which this speaks to are trying to protect themselves from poverty, which ultimately they will be left with nothing in the end. Verses 17 to 19 and 23 to 26, we see a couple images of being selfless and generous, how these things are good and righteous. Personally, verse 15 leapt out at me. The refreshing of others brings refreshment to you. Proverbs is telling us to be generous, to give freely and to sell. And I'll continue to jump back to this. Invest your best. Investing into the lives of others with kindness and open hearts would be an awesome thing. And it's how God created us to live as a big family. Some of you probably do this now. You have grandkids, sons and daughters, nieces and nephews, people who you see as your family, and you continue to invest in them time and time again. But I would like to offer a challenge to you. Could you do more? Could you invest your wisdom, yourself, your skills, your time into more people? Could you affect their lives for the better to make their walk, if not, a little easier? By the helping, guiding hand to those who are trying to go the same places where you may have been. Whether that's struggling with continuous sin, leading in a marriage, or showing what a loving relationship looks like. I can tell you this, 
I love seeing beautiful relationships that have been sustained by God for countless years. You are all brimming with love for one another, and it's a special thing. But I doubt that there hasn't been difficult conversations, hard times, and also good times and great times, where you have given thanks to God for everything that you have received. This can be shared with the young here at Victory to empower us to live a better life for Christ, to grow to be a better person than who we were before. I'm not going to pretend that every young person wants advice or will heed it, but if you are there, people will reach out and they will take the wisdom. Wisdom can help make decisions easier for us in our lives as we live them for Christ. Now, speaking from the young perspective again, we don't have a lot of it. And I'm not going to tell you that we're all good and that we are wise already. In fact, I would say we're quite the opposite sometimes. And now verse 23. The desire of the righteous ends only in good, but the hope of the wicked only in wrath. Help us to be righteous and good. You have this opportunity to influence the lives of those who are younger than you. I, for one, love the idea of this. And throughout this, don't forget to contribute. Continue to follow the righteous path yourself and continue to run the race home. Another thing that we heard from Solomon is that no one is immune to distraction and temptation. At any point in their lives, young or old, don't accidentally become complacent yourself. Verses 28 to 31. Those who trust in the riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Whoever brings ruin on their family will inherit only wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives. If the righteous receive their due on earth, how much more ungodly and the sinner. Now investing wisdom into people will only get them so far. It's like when you lead a horse to water, good water, but you can't force it to drink it. But verse 28 to 31 shows us the best thing to invest in. Verse 30 jumps out at me about the fruit of the righteous being a tree of life. Verse 28 to 31 talk about the righteous being a tree of life which means that it'll be a sustaining and life-enriching thing. This also gives way to the idea that a tree of life can bring about more trees of life by living a righteous life, which I just think is an awesome visual to reflect upon. It then continues to say, one who is wise saves lives. Ultimately, the best to invest in the young is the hope that we have in Jesus. This is the best thing to happen to humanity. He is our redemption, which saves us from sin, and we should share it. Being open and moving to share that news with all people, regardless of age, is important. It's what God calls us to do. If you can get alongside someone and help instill wisdom into them and tell them the hope that they have in Christ, that is the mission. That is the goal. That is the best that you should invest in.
So I have some practical challenges before we finish. Number one, pray. Pray to God that he might put someone in your life that you can invest wisdom into. Number two, talk to people. Talk to people if there's anyone you can be investing in. I know that Ignite's coming up soon. As we go out into the foyer, maybe have a chat with someone and pray together about it. Maybe even talk to some young people and see what you can do to invest in their lives. Number three, continue to invest. Invest your wisdom, your skills, and most importantly, the hope that you have in Christ and the young people of our congregation to keep running the, way, the race. Now, there is no formal structure for investing in our young, but I trust that you are all old enough and wise enough to take this initiative yourself and go out there and do it. Now I want you to reflect on the person who invested in you and give thanks to God for them. Number four, ask God to keep your path straight. Let me pray. Lord Father, thank you so much that we have this opportunity to read from your word. Thank you that you are wisdom and that wisdom is fulfilled in you, in Jesus. And we can be wise in our own lives and live for you and be fearful in reverence of your amazing presence, Lord. Wise God, let us strive to invest your hopes into the lives of those who have yet to meet you. Let us strive to invest our time, skills, and kind hearts into those who would let us. Lord, will you provide young people for us to invest in? Thank you for all the wisdom that you have blessed us with. 